G'day everybody, welcome back to Time Spent. Hope you're all having a good day. We're back talking footy again, which makes me very, very happy. Uh, if you missed the previous episode of the podcast, I broke down the uh, trade period and draft for the first nine teams in the AFL alphabetically. Uh, so that's Adelaide through to GWS. If you're interested in hearing to that, go and listen to that. Uh, and then come back and listen to this one where I'm going to break down the offseason for the next nine teams. Uh, and then at the end of this one, I'm also going to uh, give my verdict on who won each of the big trades in the trade period. And then I'm going to say which team I think won the whole trade period and who will be the recruit of 2020. So that's going to be the end of this one. All right, let's get into it. First up today, we have got Hawthorne going under the microscope. Uh, I think they really flew under the radar in the trade period. I think they did very, very well flying under the radar. Uh, Sam, Sam, I only called him Jack Frost. Sam Frost is an absolute steal, if you ask me. I think he's really underrated. Like, given how big he is... He is very, very quick. Like, I'm pretty sure it was him who ran down Jack Petricelli last year and ripped his jumper off completely. And Petricelli is bloody quick. So, I think he's very underrated. He's a bit of a steal, if you ask me, honestly. Not to mention Jonathan Patton. Like, if they they can fix up Patton the same way they've done with O'Meara and Scully, this... Clarkson era at Hawthorne is going to move into legendary level status. Um, moving on, Birchall and other flag veterans of the club is going to be inevitable over the next couple of years, so nothing they can really do about that, no harm done. Uh, their tall stocks are also pretty healthy, so losing Pitonet is not a disaster either. Uh, Their first pick was 13, and they turned that into Will Day, who was a medium defender. Uh, I'm I'm not expecting top eight for them this year, but we all know Clarko is capable of anything, especially with Tom Mitchell coming back. So if they make finals again, everyone will be really upset, but Alistair Clarkson's a complete football genius. He's one of, if not the best coach of all time, so... He can do absolutely anything, so it's impossible to predict how Hawthorne's going to go accurately. Um, All right, Melbourne are next. They're an interesting one. I would not be surprised if they springboard back up the ladder next year. Uh, This year, sorry. Um, Possibly not into the eight, but probably close. 
uh, Langdon and Tomlinson they brought in. They're A-grade talent, obviously. Adding them to a list that 12 months ago was said to be one of the best in the competition is a little bit scary, honestly. Um, taking Luke Jackson with pick three, the the 18-year-old Ruckman who's touted as the next Brody Grundy was a very interesting and I think very inspired choice with pick number three in the draft. I don't know if his immature frame could handle playing every game this year, but they wouldn't have taken him so early if they didn't have big plans for him. So I think they might be planning a two-pronged ruck approach, which also means an extra tall target up forward, which is an area in which Melbourne are quite weak. Like, their forward line's not bad, because they've got Petrarca in there as well, and he's a bull. But in terms of tall targets, they've got Tom McDonald, who can be flaky, and they've got Sam Wiedemann, who lit the world alight in the 2018 final series, but then had a pretty quiet year last year. So I wonder if they're planning to play... Luke Jackson in the forward line to be another tall target and then just give him, let him be that pinch hit. Because, the, like, they've got Brandon Pruce as well, but I don't know. I should look up how many games he played last year. I can't be bothered, but I, I don't know if Pruce is going to be their long-term second ruck. Like, they tried playing him and Gorn in the same team a little bit last year, and they had a pretty ordinary year, so they might be trying something different, which might be bad news for Bruce. Don't know. Um, time is going to tell if 2019 for the D's was just an atrocious blip. Um, if it was, everyone is a bit screwed because they've got a very good list. Um, good recruits. At a strong draft position, watch out. If they're able to bounce back up a ladder, everyone needs to watch out. Okay, next up is North Melbourne, the Kangaroos. Uh, North fans are probably a little bit pissed about their club's relative inactivity over the trade period, but the Roos pretty much did what they needed to do. They didn't let Goldstein or Higgins go. If they had, they would be in real strife, and... Since they kept him, I think their list is in pretty solid, pretty okay shape. Uh, they got Aiden Bonner from the Giants, who is still young. I think he's yet to show his full potential. He couldn't really get a go in that midfield. But they got him for cheap, so I think that's that's a win for them. Uh, with their first pick, they picked up Charlie Comben. Coman? Comben. C-O-M-B-E-N. I'm not sure. But he's a ruck sort of forward type. Probably getting ready for Goldstein to hang him up in the next couple of years. So probably smart. The the Ruse list does look alright to me. And Rayshaw looks pretty ready to take this group to its full potential. I don't know if its full potential is finals though. Because like, yeah, they've got lots of good players. You know, Ben Brown... Goldstein, Cunnington, Higgins, Zebel, like lots of really good players. 
but they are not full of like superstar talent. So I don't know what, like, I don't know if their absolute best is top eight quality, which is unfortunate. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm, see again, Rayshaw is another new, like he looked like he was looking hot last year, but will he be able to maintain that into this year and take him up the ladder? Probably not. I don't think so. They're probably going to finish maybe around that 12 to 14 range. Possibly. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, next up is Port Adelaide. Another team that just just sort of oh, didn't do great in the in the in the trade period. They they haven't improved their list or really. Yeah, they haven't improved it at all heading into this year. Like, if they can do it with their early draft picks like they did last year, if they've really picked some guns, that might work for them. Um, Howard, Frampton, and Ryder leave a big hole in their tall division. Fam, the Port fans would have seen Howard as a big part of the club's future. So... Port succeeding again in this year's draft is super important to keep their fans happy. Um, Naturally, after losing three tall players, they picked up a midfielder with their first pick, Miles Bergman. Good luck, Miles. Jesus Christ. Um, And they couldn't... Getting Fantasia would have been really exciting for them. They couldn't do that either. Their fans were not happy at all about losing Howard. But yeah, they can nail their draft picks and push for the eight. That will be forgotten. That being said, I don't think I see them finishing inside the top ten. They might be one of those teams that's, you know, with four rounds to go, a mathematical possibility, there's always one of those teams. But yeah, I just uh, yeah, I don't I don't think they can get it done. There's something weird about Port Adelaide. I just don't, they never seem like they're quite going to get there. Uh, next is Richmond, the Richmond Tigers. It's hard to improve on a premiership. They didn't need to do much. They they cleared out a couple of their fringe players in Butler and Ellis. <laughs> Remember when they said, Alex Rance will be the best recruit of 2020? Remember when Remember when their coach said, yeah, said that? Yeah, well, that'll, that'll teach you to talk shit, Damien. That's it, now he's retired, so he's not coming back at all. Jokes on you. That when he said that, when he said that Alex France was going to be the best recruit of twenty twenty, like as a you know trying to be funny, that was a bit of a slap in the face to Tom Mitchell and Hawthorne. Like Tom Mitchell's a Brownlow medalist who's also going to be coming back at the start of this year. Like, and his words came back to bite him. Now Rance is retired, so they're going to have to deal without him. Uh, their their first pick was 21, and they picked Thompson Dow, who is a midfielder who's apparently a very good read of the play, like they needed any more of those. And if Hardwick can keep the rest of the comp on their toes, the Tigers are going to be there again in 2020. They're going to be right at the pointy end. Will they be able to win a third flag in four years? Don't know. 
they're definitely going to be. They'll they'll be they'll play a prelim. They'll play a play prelim. Whether or not they can make the granny, time will tell. All right. Next one is the big one. Now I said in the last episode, if it wasn't obvious, that I'm a huge St Kilda fan. I love the Saints uh, to pieces. They are my team, so you can expect uh, extra bias and extra criticism of them. And like I said in the last episode, if you don't like it, you can go and get stuffed. Um. All right. So, and this is also the team that I've got the most notes for by a mile. But that's because I have extra expertise. So there you go. Um, I was certainly very impressed with the trade period. They got everything done that they wanted to. They added loads of quality talent to a list that had some pretty obvious holes. Paddy Ryder gives ruck depth, which we haven't had in a, like, quality ruck depth that we haven't had in a long time and the mental role he's going to play for Marshall is exactly what the Saints need. Jones and Hill give us elite speed and class on the outside of the contest. Dougal Howard is a highly rated tall who can play at either end. Port had him playing in the back line but apparently he much prefers to play, what was the other way around? No, they had him playing in the back line, but he prefers to play as a forward. I think that's right, or is it the Rose? No, I think that's right. I think he was playing as a defender, but he likes to play forward. So we might be playing him forward. So who knows what's going to happen there. He even stood in as captain for a game at Port Adelaide last year. So... He's got leadership potential, so he is just oozing possibilities, which is really exciting. Dan Butler is one that I'm not sure on. He's going to be competing for small forward positions against Loney, Kent, Parker, uh, as well as Gresham and Sinclair, who are going to spend more time forward now that they've added Hill and Jones to the midfield. Um, Apparently, Ben Long is going to be playing in a more half-back role, so he's one that won't be competing for those small forward positions uh, much, I think, at the moment, is the plan. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know... Because, like, like, our forward line, I don't know if they're going to have Butler and Loney playing in the same team. I think Loney probably gets in first, because Butler kind of got pushed out of the Tigers' side last year, and Loney, when he wasn't injured, had a very solid year last year, so I think Loney plays ahead of Butler, but yeah, that's, um, I'll be interested to see how much Butler gets to play this year, very, very interesting. Um, in terms of what we lost, I never really rated Akers, like he's got a big, strong body, like he's 193 centimetres, I think, as a midfielder, um... If he can improve his hand and foot skills, which are his big problem, he'll he'll do well in Fremantle's midfield. And he's a Perth boy, so he was, you know, even though he didn't really have much say, I, I hope he's, you know, happy being back in Perth. I was very, very sad to see Bruce go. So was my girlfriend. He was her favourite player. Um, but he was never going to fit 
into a forward line with Membry and Ryder and King and sometimes Battle and sometimes Howard. Like, there just wasn't room for all of them. Um, so yeah, he kind of had to go, which is, which sucks, but, and they would be paying him a lot of money as well. So yeah, I guess he had to go. Now, in terms of the Jack Stephen trade, I think it is so great that he has got to, he's, he's able to go down to Geelong, live with his family. I hope his mental health is in a really good way. But Geelong only giving up pick 58 for a four-time best and fairest winner, who's been the Saints' best player for years, is honestly pretty insulting. Like, I understand that his given his mental health battles, picking him up is a bit of a gamble for the Cats, but he is a match winner. We saw that late last year, that Fremantle game, where I think he kicked four goals when he when he, like, when he had that tummy on him. He'd come back from months of not playing. Like, he was still the best player on the ground and he won us the game. So that's still what he's capable of, even when he's not at full fitness. Yeah, that being said, I still wish him all the best. I hope he's really happy, and I hope he does well with the Cats. Um, St Kilda was another club who very obviously did not rate this year's draft, didn't have a pick until 52. Um, they picked up Ryan Burns with that pick. He's a midfielder who's apparently a stoppage specialist. So, yeah, that's all right. Uh I fully expect finals this year, if I'm being honest. Ratten might be another one of the new coaches, but he has coached before, and he is fresh from the Clarkson dynasty of assistant coaches. That does include Damien Hardwick and Chris Fagan and I think at least one other current senior coach in the AFL who's doing pretty well. Um, yeah, I I think realistically finishing between 6th and 8th would be what's expected. A lot of people might think that's the most ridiculous thing they've ever heard, but that's what I expect. I'm not certain it's going to happen. It is really hard to predict how a team is going to go that goes through such an enormous change in personnel in an off-season, but I think we've brought in a lot of quality you know, both on field and off, as well as Ratten, they brought a uh, rough head over and someone else I've forgotten who was exciting. That's shocking, I can't believe I forgot who else they got. But rough head will be really great, and him and Brad Hill are mates, which is nice too. Alright, that's enough about St Kilda, moving on now. Moving on to the Sydney Swans. They're going to be so bummed that they have to wait another year to nab down at her. But they've got to hang on to Papley. So you're giving your take. They'll be, they'll be happy that they got to keep Papley. Um, as they're coming out of their successful era, this era, the Swans seem to be turning over their list pretty well. Like they had lots of retirements last year, but they've got all this young talent like Haywood, Florent, Blakey. Rock and McCartan. Like, their list isn't looking too bad. 
They picked up Lewis Taylor, who was probably intended to replace Papley, but now I envisage Taylor probably playing more on the wing. I think that's where he does play a lot of his footy. Um, but yeah, so he's extra midfield depth, so yippee. Um, they had pick five, which is a good early pick for them. They haven't had an early pick, excuse me, in a long time. Uh, he's apparently a ball magnet in the midfield, so that's good. Um, I would categorise Sydney as being in a full rebuild at this stage. I imagine they'll finish in the bottom third or so of the ladder this year. Probably not going to do too well. Like, I mean, if Franklin plays 16-plus games, they won't finish bottom four. They might even do quite well. But, yeah, they had a lot of really mature players retire last year. McVeigh and Jack and um, Grundy. Yeah, Heath Grundy, he retired as well. And there was one other. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're going to drop down the ladder probably a little bit more. All right. Next up is West Coast. They got their big fish, so and that's all they wanted. So they're going to be very happy. Yeah, bringing in Kelly, uh, who is without a doubt the best player who was traded in the offseason. Um, this seems to have somehow made them untouchable premiership favourites in some people's opinion. Like, Kelly is an elite player and he's at the perfect age. But the same can't be said for the rest of the Eagles list. Like, Hickey, Hearn, Jeddah, Shuey, Shepard, Redden, Schofield, Hutchings, and Nat Nui are all getting bloody old. The youngest of them is 28. Nat Nui especially, we've seen in the last couple of years, his body is really starting to let him down. So I don't see how, even with the addition of Kelly, that the Eagles can win the flag this year unless they can keep their list very healthy. Like, beyond this year, I don't see any hope for a good while. Uh, they had to give Geelong the kitchen sink to get Kelly. So therefore, they didn't have a pick until 49. And they took Callum Jameson, who is a ruckman with long blonde hair. So, that's cool, dude. I guess he can go surfing in Perth, probably. <laughs> He'll enjoy that. Alright, the last team, almost done getting through the teams, is the Western Bulldogs. Footscray. Uh, they absolutely killed it in the trade period. They didn't try to overdo it. They got their two big bookends that they wanted, and they hung on to pick 13, which ended up being pick 15. So they deserve all the possible praise that could be given to them. Uh, Josh Bruth and Alex Keith at either end are exactly what the vet ordered at the kennel. Bruce is capable of a 50-goal season and brings a galvanising leadership to that team. Keith won the showdown medal last year as well, which is really all you need to know about his abilities. And not giving up heaps for either of them is a really, really big win. Uh, pick 15 was their only early pick, and they used that to pick up a small forward, Cody Waitman. Small forwards are always exciting, so that's fun. Um, I, I genuinely see the Dogs as one of the premiership favourites. 
They added two quality key position players to a young list that was already overflowing with talent. So I really expect top four for them. High expectations on the doggies. Alrighty, so that is all of the teams broken down. They're all done. Now I'm going to talk about who won each of the big trades. I'm not doing all of them, but I'm doing most of them. Uh, so first up, Tim Kelly to the Eagles. So the Eagles got Kelly, a future third round selection. The Cats got pick 14, pick 24, and a future first round selection. And this is where it gets confusing because Essendon had to jump in here to make this deal happen. They gave pick 52 to West Coast and pick 37 to Geelong, and they got picks 33 and 57 in return. Oh, I'm so sorry that this is only an audio medium that you're listening to this on without any visual to make sense of those numbers. That is just straight up confusing. Um, This is probably a bit controversial, but I actually think Geelong won this trade. Like, They've now stocked up on draft picks and are very capable of a quick rebuild given their old list. And Kelly is going to be great at the Eagles. Like he's going to he's going to win best and fairest. He's Brownlow winning capable. But I think a lot of his teammates are going to retire around him in the coming years without a whole lot of September success, unfortunately. So he was easily the best player to move clubs in the off-season, but I think Geelong, like, in five years' time, Geelong will look back on this trade and think that they that they won it, is what I reckon. Uh, right, next up, Brad Hill to St Kilda. So, St Kilda got Brad Hill and a future fourth-round selection, and they gave to Fremantle Blake Akers, pick 10, pick 58, a future second round, and a future fourth round. Jesus Christ. Given that neither this year's draft nor next year's draft are said to be super amazing, I'd say the Saints won this one. Brad Hill is still in his prime, and exactly what St Kilda needed. Akers is a good young player, but unless he can improve his hand and foot skills, he's not going to make waves at Freo. So, yeah, the Saints win that one. Like, everyone knows how good Brad Hill is. He, he could very well win a best and fairest, at least one, at the Saints. Yeah, he's really exciting. I'm very excited to see him play. Can't contain it. I'm so excited. All right, next up, Jonathan Patton to the Hawthorns. So Hawthorne got Patton and a future fourth round selection for nothing. They didn't have to give the Giants anything because Patton was like a free agent or some shit. I don't really... The free agency is really complicated. There's restricted free agents and unrestricted free agents. I don't fully understand how it all works. Definitely not enough to try and explain it on a podcast. I'm just going to confuse more people. And this is the kind of shit that's bonkers about trade week. Like, Patton is a former number one pick who, you know, forgetting his recent injuries, is coming into his prime. He could kick 50-plus goals a season for the next five years. 
and oh sorry, I've read one of those wrong. So Hawthorne got Patton and all they had to give the Giants was a future fourth round selection. They didn't also get a fourth round selection. So they gave up so the Giants gave up Jonathan Patton and they got a future fourth round selection. So yeah, Patton could kick fifty goals a year for the next five years and all the Giants get is a pick sixty something next year for him. So Hawks win this one. Easy peasy. Uh, next, Eddie Betts. Who would have thought 12 months ago that Eddie Betts was going to be playing for Carlton again? This one's kind of fun. So Eddie Betts goes to Carlton and to Adelaide, a future fourth-round selection. Same kind of trade as the previous one, but this one makes a lot more sense because Betts is a 1,000 years old. Um, that being said, Carlton win this trade by a mile. Even just the morale boost that he brings to the Blues, seeing a favourite son walk back in, the doors is like you can't put a price on it. Even if he only, only plays for a year, even if he only plays a dozen games, like it's still a win for them just in memberships and people going to games, like the monetary benefit will be great for them. Uh, next, Ed Langdon to the Ds. So the Ds got Langdon, pick 26 and a future fourth round selection, and Fremantle got pick 22, pick 79, and a future second round selection. This one's kind of tough. Melbourne gave up Two second-round picks here, but Ed Langdon is what they they really needed a player like him. Like, it's hard to say until we see both teams' long-term success, but I think Frio will do better with two good young picks than the Ds will do with Langdon. I think when it comes to Melbourne, their, their problems might run a little bit deeper than high-quality outside run. Yeah, so I think Frio probably win this one. they got some good picks. Uh, next up, another one involving the Saints, Dougal Howard and Paddy Ryder to St Kilda. So the Saints got Howard, Ryder, pick 10 and a future fourth-round selection for picks 12, 18 and a future third-round selection to Port Adelaide. The Saints win this one easily. That's a no-brainer. Ryder's going to do immeasurable good for Rowan Marshall's development, which is going to set the club up for the next decade in the ruck department. Howard is a strong leader who can play tall at either end, which, you know, those don't pop up every day. And St Kilda also used that pick 10 to get Brad Hill. So really what the trade was was Ryder, Howard, and Brad Hill and a future fourth-round selection for picks 12, 18, and a future third-round selection. Like, that's really what it was. Um, next up, Josh Bruce. Josh Bruce to the Bulldogs. So Bruce to the Bulldogs for picks 32 and 51. The Dogs win this one easily. The Saints might have been able to get Jones with pick 32, but Bruce is so crazy underrated. I can't even describe to you. Like, 
He learned an elite level of centre-half forward leadership, endurance and effort from Nick Rewell. Like, he's, he, he's not the most accurate kick for goal. He is not always the most skillful centre-half forward. But you, he's, he's an elite level athlete and he always gives, he, he leaves it all out there every week. He chases and pressures and tackles, which is super, super valuable. So him, along with Alex Keith at the other end for the Bulldogs, I think are going to launch the Bulldogs into the top four. So the Bulldogs win that one. Next up, speak of the devil, we have Alex Keith going to the Bulldogs. So what happened here? So Alex Keith and a future third round selection for pick 45 and a future second round selection. Again, the doggies just cleaned up here. That's an easy one. Key defender like Keith was exactly what they needed. So, bravo again. Um, right, the last one I'm going to touch on is Josh Jenkins. Talked a little bit about him when I was talking about Geelong. So, Jenkins and a future third round selection to Geelong for pick 37. This one just popped up out of nowhere on the last morning of the trade period. I don't understand what Geelong were going for here. Jenkins is only one year younger than Tom Hawkins and he's going to take forward time away from Radical Leah. Add that to his apparent form slump last year. Like, I can't see how the Cats won this trade. Like, maybe they know something or have some plan that is yet to be understood. Like... Even if they play Stanley as their permanent rock with radically a pinch hitting, their forward line is still way too crowded. And they can't keep bringing in old players every year. Like, big risk that this backfires. It's hard to say yet. They might have some genius plan. Like, maybe Stanley doesn't play at all. Maybe Radical is going to be their ruckman. Super athletic. I don't know. That would surprise me. And then they would have room for Jenkins and Hawkins in the forward line. But yeah, I don't see them fitting Jenkins, Hawkins, Radiglia and Stanley all in the one team. It's unlikely. Um, okay, now who won the whole trade period? Who? Which team did the best? A lot of people would say St Kilda. You know, the pretty simple, obvious choice. They got, they bought in five players who could most likely slot into their best side. But if you ask me, they gave up too much for them. They gave away pretty much all their draft picks and they lost Jack Stephen and Josh Bruce. Didn't get what they should have for both of those players. So... I think the Bulldogs won the trade period. Like, I think the Dogs really nailed it. They got their big bookends and they didn't give up their first round pick, which is exactly what they wanted to do. They didn't try to overdo it. They knew what they wanted to get and they just went out and got it. And they are looking really bloody scary next year. This year, sorry. I wrote a lot of these notes back in like November 
well, October of last year. That's why I keep accidentally saying next year. And I keep getting that all mixed up. That's why that's happening. But yeah, this year they're looking really scary. And I'd almost have them as premiership favourites. Honestly, right up there with Richmond and Geelong. Yeah, they definitely won the trade week. Less can sometimes be more, definitely. Um, so, and lastly, who is going to be the recruit of 2020? This is where I'm going to indulge myself a little bit here. So Tim Kelly was easily the highest quality player that moved clubs in the trade period, but he's going to a club that's already full of talent and has had success. Brad Hill is an elite runner and user who's coming to a club that is lacking that. St Kilda has got lots of very good players, but I think at the moment, like before Brad Hill, no genuine A-grade player, like except for Jack Stephen, but Jack Stephen, like 2019 was almost completely a write-off for him. So Brad Hill coming into this team that is lacking elite-level talent he will have the biggest impact of any single recruit this year. I hope. Oh boy, I hope. All right. All done. All done for my off-season talk. Uh, Very soon, in the next few days, I'll be doing a ladder prediction episode, which are always fun. I'm going to predict the ladder. I'm going to predict the Brownlow medalist, the Coleman medalist, and the rising star. So we've all got that to look forward to. All right. I hope you all enjoyed that one. I will see you later. Bye-bye.